HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is supported by The Finch, a seasonal American restaurant in Clinton Hill, and by Sea Management, a global leader in creative talent management. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern T. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm great, man. Just doing great. Yeah, man. You just got back from DC. How was that? Man, it was great. Um, it was uh, it was good to be down there. I, I hadn't been to DC in about three and a half, maybe four years. Oh wow! And uh, that was a great time. Went down for the uh, the Ricky competition. Mm-hmm. And um, who was the best Ricky? I mean, they. <laughs> They, you know, the thing is about the Ricky, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if anyone out there listening uh, knows this about D.C., but that's like the official drink it is, yes. of D.C. And so this was the 10th year of their uh, Ricky competition. And it's kind of fun because like I, a lot of times I'll say like, you know, I, you know, a gin and tonic should never be just gin and tonic. Agreed. Holy shit. Those Rickies are <laughs> like... They had a lot of ingredients in them. And it was really cool to like to see that like some such a simple drink get transformed into something like what was some, it? Yeah, some, well, list off a unique one. What was a unique Ricky? Uh, Allison Hillard. She had one that was uh, a coconut fat washed wild turkey with like turmeric and black pepper and all that stuff, and it was like uh, force carbonated. And there's one like next to us that was done that was like a like a real like, just light, easy going like watermelon lime vibe. It, it, it was cool, man. It was, it is cool. They were. Uh, it was at Jack Rose, um, which is a hell of a bar. Pretty iconic in that town. Wow, I, I thought I had a lot of bottles behind my bar. That place is built on bottles. The actual walls are made of bottles. Yeah. I, like it's crazy. Um, and they have their downstairs bar called Dram and Grain that uh, saw its last night on. Uh, Saturday for now they're moving uh, a couple doors down to uh, have a bigger space 
and uh, that was really cool. Um, got to see a bunch of buddies, uh, Dave Lancelone and Adam Birnbach, uh, DC folks down there. Um, the, uh, the you got to go to uh, the Columbia Room. Love that and bar. Do that whole thing. Derek Brown. So bar. gorgeous. Really cool. Um, Did you get to go to the pop up, uh, the Rick and Morty pop up bar? No, no, I didn't get to. I don't think it's open yet. <laughs> oh, maybe not. I saw. Well, I saw. I saw a post on Instagram from them, so I, I don't know if it's open or about to open. But yeah. man, <laughs> the five the five hour wait that I'm sure is going to come to get into the Rick and Morty bar. Right. Exactly. It's going to be like Miracle on Night. <laughs> well, that's where it all started for them. You know, they were yeah. doing Miracle, and then they just never reopened as a bar. They just do pop ups. It's now the whole thing's called Pub Pop Up Bar. P U B. Yeah. So it's just constantly rotating pop up bar. There's a Game of Thrones version. They did that. It was yeah. Insane. I heard it was crazy. Insane. You got over a hundred thousand individual Instagram impressions of people sitting in that throne. <laughs> yeah. What? It's and insane. it was a, it was like a five hour wait to get into the bar, and then a two hour wait to get into the chair. <laughs> like insanity. It's amazing. People out. It was like tailgating. People out in the line would be like ordering pizzas and Chinese food and hanging out, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and one of my uh, one of my favorite parts of it was uh, I got asked to be on the Shift Drink podcast. Oh, right, and Jack Insley. Yeah, Jack Insley, our original executive producer here for Heritage Radio, he moved down there to start a full. It's called Full Service Radio, right? And um, man, it was it was just great to hang out with Jack and. Uh, Eddie Kim, who hosts the the Shift Drink podcast, his co-host was out of town. So Jack actually co-hosted with him, oh. guest co-host. So it was great, man, getting to rap with, with those guys and, and getting to hang out with, with Jack. You know, he's one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, you know, I definitely iced them with a, <laughs> like a giant uh, Smirnoff ice screwdriver and brought him a bottle of... <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. you thank yeah. you. Thank you. That one rolled in slow. I thought it was a rainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was great hanging out at the Line Hotel. Uh, they did a great job with that place. I went there four years ago and helped you know clean up. It was it's an old church. Yeah, you know? I remember. Yeah, yeah. I went there and helped clean up a bunch of uh, hymnals off of church pews. <laughs> so it was cool to see it now as uh, a real active place and uh, see what happened with it over the last four years since I've been there. So it was really cool. DC is great. Uh, great cocktails. A lot of great food there. And um, yeah, just a real real joy to be able to go down there. For you that. and I should plan a trip down and do a show from down there. We should. Yeah. I talked to Jack about that. Awesome. We'll do a uh, speakeasy, speakeasy, <laughs> speakeasy road tour. collab with uh, with the Shift Drink podcast. Um, yeah, man. There was a, there was an overwhelming... Uh, you know, it's just like the the... the Previous weekend when we were in Cleveland, it's just great to go go to other towns and like see how their their industry has like such a tight, really beautiful um, just camaraderie. You know? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, it's a tiny town. I mean, I think our business in general is pretty tiny. We we I think we think we're huge. You know? Yeah. But but like you can't really name a city, small or large market, where I can't think of a. A friend or a friend of a friend, you know? Yeah. Oh, shit. There was a bar that we went to on uh, Sunday uh, called Green Zone. Mm-hmm. This guy, Chris, owns this place, and it's like it's all like Middle Eastern-inspired cocktails. They have 
a <laughs> you'll love this. They have a Sazerac on their menu. Saz Iraq. Saz Iraq. <laughs> oh man, I do love that. Yeah. You love puns too. Yeah, it's like it had like date infused like whiskey and it was like, delicious. But it was also like that was a really cool time because it was after the uh, Ricky competition, like everyone just kind of congregated there, and it, it just ended up being like a giant, party, giant party. Yeah, that's red. What about you, man? What's going on? How's uh, windmill? Yeah. Okay. Um, I opened windmill um, basically the day we got back from Cleveland, which was Tuesday of last week. We did just a soft, soft, soft opening. We just had beer and wine that night for saying hello to our neighborhood and our guests and our uh, friends, and then uh, we kind of officially. Launched the, both full menus of both the snacks and the cocktails on Friday, and we've been quietly doing that. I've got a, uh, a meeting tomorrow with a photographer to come, Eric Metzger, the guy who did my book, mm-hmm. to come and take photos of interior, exterior, f- drinks, and food, and then we'll blast all that out to media, and we'll kind of have our official, official opening on Monday. Uh, but it's going great. Congrats. Really going great. Thank you so much. Lots of people have been coming by and shaking hands and saying hello, and it's been really well received, and we're excited about it. So, Speaking of new places... Opening. Yeah. There's a new place in Brooklyn, kind of more in your neighborhood, right? It's 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 on my walk to and from work. Yeah. Have you been to Voltaire yet? Sure have. Yeah. Well, we got Rob Morton from Voltaire sitting in the studio with us. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Good, buddy. Hey, buddy. Sorry, I didn't mean to bore you to sleep over there. That's all right. <laughs> You're passing out. Uh, so, Rob, you and I have been buddies for a long time. You've, you used to have a spot in the East Village uh, called Idle Hands. The first time I ever met you, I, I was there um, with Chris Elford. Mm-hmm. That was my very first time meeting you, very first time being at Idle Hands. It used to be sort of a half subterranean bar. You had to go down a few steps to get in there. Yep. You guys uh, were sitting at uh, B3, B4. Wow. I still remember wow. I still remember the <laughs> night that, uh, that you guys came down. Crazy. That's a little creepy. Um, <laughs> uh, that place sadly came and went, but then you opened up Fool's Goal, which is a big, giant whiskey and beer emporium, kind of right around the corner from where I live. Yep. So I frequent that place. Uh, and now you're over in Brooklyn with Voltaire, mm-hmm. and you just signed a deal on a place in the Carolinas. Yep, Oak Island. Oak Island. Yeah, and it's going to be called uh, Paul's. Paul's OKI. Paul's Oki. Pa- Paul's Oak Island. Paul's OKI. Pokey. However, <laughs> however, the locals decide to uh, shorten it. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that always yeah. happens. But let's back up and let's talk about what you are and where you're from. You, you started out your adult life and career you were in music i was in the music industry i ran uh marketing departments for record labels so and also uh was the uh southwest regional manager for virgin mega stores for a few years southwest regional manager for virgin mega stores yeah so i oversaw the five stores in the southwest region so at that point at that time i was living in la holy smoke then uh yeah when i was living in la i i saw the writing on the wall uh left the music industry Went into production management, so I was a production manager for music videos and commercials because I decided that instead of getting laid off once a year, I'd get laid off every two <laughs> weeks so, and make a bit more money doing it. Then, I, uh, then in 2009, moved back to New York to open up Idle Hands, gave all the money back. We've just been doing that ever since. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, so what made you decide, okay, I need to be in the booze business? I... Mark Shapiro, who is still one of my best friends, or still my best friend, I shouldn't say one of, uh, he and I had been trying to figure out something to do with each other uh, business-wise for a couple of years, and we came up with a bunch of business ideas and you know, met with investors, and nothing really ever panned out, and we're driving up La Cienega Boulevard one day, and he goes, well, I just want to open a bar. I'm like, I would do that. 
but we didn't just do it the way most friends would be like, I want to own a bar. We actually sat and did the numbers and, you know, took, it took three years from inception to ownership and it was profitable. It was good, but that was such a niche bar. Yeah. With like, you know, so the, we'll talk about idle, idle hands. What, what was going on there? What, what made it niche? Uh, idle hands was, I mean, our, the tagline was bourbon beer rock. So it's like, you know, I, I had, with the exception of char number four, well, char, I wouldn't say not the exception, char number four, and I went back and forth between uh, week to week with this, as to who had the most American whiskeys on site. Um, you know, and this was before the whiskey boom. This was before, you know, bourbon became big again, and it was still in, still in the, the, uh, the tail end of uh, vodka, and vodka sort of taking over what, as what, the, what the number one. 2010. 2010, okay. Yeah, so, so we, you know, I was still, you, I could still get bottles easily. Right. And then, sure. You know, and then eventually, you know, the East Village was already changing at the time, but, you know, Idle Hands being a subterranean bar, we moved upstairs because upstairs kind of needed help. So, you know, my whole thing is when you, when you double your size, you don't double your patrons, you just double your expenses. Yeah. So it got to a point where it, you know, the writing was on the wall that we needed to sell it. Right. So we did. You know, we got out in time. Yeah, but by that, by that time, I already had Fool's Gold, what, which I don't do the day-to-day, day-to-day of anymore, but I still have my percentages. Sure. What, what, what draws you to whiskey? Why, are you so, uh, why did you seek to have the largest selection of American whiskey? Because it tastes good. Well, yeah, agree. <laughs> agree. I mean, it, but it, it was one of those things where it's like the more I got into it, the more I got like just kind of loved the stories. And, and it wasn't so much loving the stories. It was loving finding out which of the stories were false and what were the, what sure. the real stories yeah. were. Because like for every, for every Pappy Van Winkle, for every you know, distiller story you hear uh, of how you know, it's my granddaddy's recipe and stuff like that, I'm like, well, you have a bottle that, that just came out of nowhere, is 10 years old, and I'm pretty sure that came out of a distillery. And, and, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, when you start calling bullshit on like, <clears throat> you know, marketing departments. And, and I, yeah, there, there's so many out there you know, every year when I go to Tales of the Cocktail, it's like seeing new brands launch. Or even like, you go to the SWA, uh, WSWA's, uh, the, like, Bar Convent Brooklyn. Even like Whiskey Live, like those things. Like, oh, thanks, man. Cheers. Speaking of American whiskey. <laughs> I mean, here's, here's some old overhaul rye that you brought in. Wow. Uh, that, hey, have you that, ever had that before? It's yeah. my favorite whiskey. Well, it was the, uh, the easy easy thing for me to bring in because it was the first whiskey you and I bonded over. Ooh, and now they have the bonded. Yep. Yes, which I did not bring. I brought the eight. <laughs> That's fine. Um, um, yeah. Um, so wait, were you... We did, yes. I love the over. hard, like, no fade yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Just like... Everybody yeah. stop clapping. Yeah, everybody <laughs> stop clapping. We have a very quick audience. Yeah. Uh, when... Uh, so when you opened Fool's Gold and you, you sought out to have that many... Um, hey, Travis Tober's in the window. Hey, buddy. Come on in. What, were, were you already a whiskey nerd is what I'm asking? Or did you grow into a whiskey nerd because you opened a whiskey one. bar? Okay. I was becoming one, but opening a whiskey bar, like, you know, Mark had the music industry friends. Uh, Rev was the, uh, the beer guy. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to be the whiskey guy. And so right, you just to- chose your role in the band. I chose my role in the band, and it, it, but it turned out that I, I, chose the, I chose the role at the right time where you say it every week. We, we have a, a plethora of, of just a, just a fountain of knowledge here available to us in New York City that, that a lot of markets around the, uh, the country don't have. And, and so I had, you know, from 
every brand ambassador coming in and telling me things and, you know, and, and having master distillers coming in weekly, uh, just being able to, to get all of this, this knowledge. And like also certain people in the whiskey industry that have forgotten more about whiskey than I'll ever know. You know, Ethan Kelly sure. at my bar for a while yeah. um, and being able to sit there and just share drams and chat with him at three, four, five, six in the morning once the door is locked. Well, right. Everybody wants to play yeah. on an A team. You know, A players don't want to play on B teams. So you you created a situation. And you you built a you know to use our our, our getting getting the ball game analogy here. You yeah. you built a stadium that the players wanted to play in. I also made sure I wasn't the smartest person in the room. Man, that's yeah. that's yeah. paramount for me. Yeah. Speaking of not the smartest person in the room, <laughs> both uh, Max Green, my head bartender and partner, uh, have joined us here in the studio as well as Travis Tober. Hey, buddy. Uh, who are, How you doing? We're also Welcome. two people uh, I don't see enough, but absolutely love to death. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for joining just, us. Uh, I texted this one over um, over my birthday weekend from Boston. Oh, red. A little overholt rye. We're talking about American whiskey. We're talking about the old idle hands that Rob used to uh, operate down in uh, East Village. Uh, and then so idle hands had to end up going away because you yep. overextended. You expanded yourself, and it got too big for itself. As you said, you didn't, you didn't double your patronage. You just doubled your expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, then, so how did then did you move into Fool's Gold? Which uh, is which is an easy, what two times bigger than Idle Hands was. I I uh, knew the owner of that space, so I uh, used to drink in that space back in the day when it was Den of Thieves and it was a DJ bar, and I worked right. at Astroworks Records, and you know I worked in, in the, and I, I myself was a breaks and drum and bass DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, this would have been ninety Astroworks two ninety three ninety four. Sorry, Chemical not Brothers were on. Yeah, yeah, Chemical yeah. Brothers, Fat Boy Slim, Basement Jacks. Yeah, this would have been. You know, it says 90- the guy in the fucking cowboy hat and the boots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the one showing me uh, Grateful Dead comics right before yeah. right before air. <laughs> right, I know some shit, man. Yeah, sorry, oh, I, man. I misspoke years. This would have been uh, you know ninety eight, sure. ni- ni- 96, 97, 98. Right, um, sounds about right. Then it became Idlewild, which is the uh, airplane bar. Uh, then White Rabbit after I moved back from L.A. And I knew the owner, and he was selling it, so I took it. Yeah. Um, partnered up with somebody who, whatever. Um, and three years later, I, I stepped away from it. That's what I'm doing so, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that is what you're doing with me. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so, okay, so going back to the, the time where you started out, like 2010, you start getting an American whiskey. That was around, that was like kind of the height of... Like the like the trajectory of the fanaticism of American whiskey. I was working at Linnell's in Red Hook at that time, and that was when like shit was blowing up. That's mm-hmm. like kind of the, yeah when people's be- that consciousness was, like be- was really getting awakened. Yeah. yeah, and that's like that was kind of like the beginning of the end of like all the really hard to get stuff that we think about now, like all your like Pappy Van Winkles and your Hirsch and all this stuff. Well, it's not those. Those aren't the ones I care about. The ones I care about. Heaven are, Hill bonded. Oh, I know I care about uh, <laughs> Old Crow Reserve 86 that went yeah. that went the way. I mean, that to me was an amazing starter whiskey. Mm-hmm. That that if you if you didn't like whiskey, I'd put it I'd put a two ounces of that in front of you and have a convert in, in two minutes. Yeah. But that, you know, everybody looks at Old Crow as rock gut. But that that bottling that was my was, first whiskey. Yeah, that bottling was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, it was what, two years older, eighty six proof instead of eighty, and different parts of the Rick House. So that like that was yeah, I mean, like I remember seeing Old Fitzgerald on the bottom shelf of my local liquor mm-hmm. stores. Yeah, things like Very Old Barton, JTS Brown, uh, like I said, Old Fitzgerald, uh, 
the Heaven Hill bonded, like Gold Label, yep, like all that stuff. That's ancient, ancient age, ancient, ancient yeah. age, the tenure, yeah, <laughs> oh. like that shit, like anything that had like a really poorly designed old school label that was gold, red, white, and black, yeah, yep. or maybe there was green in there too. Like that's the shit that I really love. Now, if I if 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 I ever run across a uh, ancient H and H handle, oh, yeah. I'll still pick yeah. it up every time. Oh, yeah. yeah, every time. Yeah, I uh, what was it last summer? Last summer, my wife and I went up to Abbott's and uh, we you know went around the corner of the liquor store, and he was still holding a case and a half of Wild Turkey eighty. Uh, Snatched up six bottles of that quick. Why only six? Well, because it's a case and a half. Just grab it all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my bank account wasn't that. Okay, you know, all right, all right. Have deep pockets at the minute. Didn't you all right. No, no, that was a Heaven Hill bonded. Yeah, and then yeah. you lose most of that bottle. Yeah, well. I remember. I saw the aftermath of that, and it was, you know, somebody brought it to you from Kentucky. Yep, because that's only available at Heaven Hill. Yep. It was the uh, yeah, it was the the white white label, label. white mm-hmm. label. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, things happen. Uh, I dropped <laughs> I dropped my bag and it just landed in just such a way. It didn't break the bottle; it broke the cap. And most of the contents dumped out yeah. before I could write it. I'd say you could come over to my house and drink but some. Then, but and I then we had no mine. cap, so we were like, "Well, we're fucking drinking this." Yeah, uh, and, and it like got all over your clothes, which is not don't care different from That's the way that you normally normal. live That's your life. Pretty normal. <laughs> uh, all right, listen, we're kind of at the halfway mark with Rob Morton and our guests in the studio, uh, Max Green and Travis Tober. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more from Rob Morton. We're going to talk about Voltaire. <laughs> This episode is supported by The Finch, a seasonal American restaurant in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn, where chef owner Gabe McMacken and his team are focused on creating a living restaurant where the choices they make consider the long-term health of the business and of the community. Learn more at thefinchnyc.com. This episode is also supported by Sea Management, a global leader in creative talent management representing artists in the fields of photography, creative direction, styling, hair, makeup, manicure, and set design. See Management. Management with a vision. Learn more at seemanagement.com. And we're back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. We just got a little dual studio bomb from Max Green and... And Travis Tober. <laughs> that's funny. Um, and, you know, that's, that's we, what, but we also say all the time. We're a popular pizza place. And we do say all the time, please come visit us Yeah, and hang out in the studio. So they came You don't in have to just come to our bars. You can come to the studio and they, hang out. They came in. The had right a right day to come in. Yeah, they came in, had a quick slug of Old Overhold, and, and now they're out there ordering a pizza. Speaking of which. Yeah. Do you need some more? Oh, oh yeah. yeah I'm about empty as well. Uh, I, th- so I Rob, thought you were in the ho- hospitality game. So, Rob, you... <laughs> I am in the hospitality game. So you closed Idle Hands, is what yes. we talked about before the break. Then you, uh, you there was some overlap, but you opened up uh, Fool's Goal, which yep. is by the way, how many beers do you have over there on tap? That's uh, thirty-four taps, thirty Jesus. beer. Well, it's thirty beer. It used to be uh, two wine, one whiskey on tap, one whiskey cocktail on tap. I don't know how the configuration is now. I mean, I feel like some of our listeners might be might be tuning in from from places that are. I don't know how to put this, but like, you like know, 200 taps or like, something no, like no, that. But because like larger than New York, right? Yeah. 34 taps in New York in City New York is, is massive. Like that's, 
I, I can't think of anybody who's got a, a bigger tap selection off my head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so you, you got bis- whiskey and beer there, and now you're opened. You just opened, like, what, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago? Uh, six weeks ago, yeah. Six weeks ago, you opened Voltaire. Yeah. In uh, what neighborhood are you in, in Brooklyn? I, Cobble, Cobble Hill. Yeah. Cobble it's, Hill? It, the, the map says Borum Hill, like, Borum Cobble. Like, we're right on it. I don't Bacoca. Is that is that what we're calling it? Bacoca? That's what they've been calling for a long time. I'm in. Borum Hill, okay. Cobble Hill, and Carroll Gardens. All right. That that's, we're in stretch. Bacoca. That sounds Bacoca. really bad. <laughs> not saying that anymore. I don't say yeah, it. I don't, no. like it. I don't like it when you say it. It's a bad taste. <laughs> not, not <laughs> just wondering how I sound when I it's say it. It's really a bad taste in my mouth. Well, I mean, the human baritone sax over here <laughs> probably sounds all right when Let you say it. it. Uh, okay. Well, let's talk about Voltaire. What's going on over there? Uh, so, yeah. I opened that with uh, Mark Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, Chef Mike Taggart. Um, we took over the space August of last year. Uh, we spent the last part of last year just c- trying to get the uh, LOI, Letter of No Objection, mm-hmm. which is something, I guess, just, that is uh, Kings County. Um, finally got that sorted out beginning of this year. Got our liquor license in March, finished up construction, and, and opened six weeks ago. So, so, You know what? Actually, like, I was walking down Smith Street one day, and I... I saw you like you like you're driving by, and I was like going to the bank or something like right like you're going couple, to France that day. I was going to France that day. It was March. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to Chartreuse. I was looking to park. You were Chartreuse, walking right huh? in front of me. I, like, I, I hear someone at you. yelling at me from a truck window. He's like, "Diamond, diamond." I'm like, "When did I get fuck? an English accent?" I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, you're like, "Come meet me over at the place." Like, all right, I got to go get on a flight real quick. No, I was going to get, I was picking up my watch from the watch shop. Yeah, they, but you were going were to France that fix. night. But I was going that date, like yeah. like, like 30 minutes from then. And I had my bags at my bar at Grand Army. And you were like, come check it out. I'm like, I could do that real quick because I really want to see it. That You know, you know how it is? It's kind of like, I don't know, there's a weird fascination with like, you know, when you're in the industry, like seeing bars and restaurants when they're under construction. Like, Oh, I it's, love it. It's, it's one of best. my favorite things. Yeah, exactly. So you showed me around. You showed me what you're doing. Got to say hi to like Mike and everyone. And uh, you told me the uh, the opening date was going to be in, you said July 1st, I think? Somewhere around there. Something we came like close to hitting it. You, Yeah, but no, you really did. Usually when someone tells me <laughs> July, I'm like, oh, so I'll see you open at your friends and family in October. Yeah. But you... you now Nailed we, it. I mean, we finally because we we finally had liquor license in hand. Yeah, and there's there there comes a certain point in time where you just have to put the hammers down and say, "All right, we're opening." Yeah, because if you don't, you'll just sit there and nitpick, and you'll never get open, and all your money will be gone. Yeah, and because you just can't get out of your own head. Because well, it's, it's so, never finished. It's never anyway. finished. My, I walk into that bar every day and I see thirty eight things. This down from forty six from the day before, but it'll go up to fifty two on Monday. Sure, that aren't done yet. What would be your advice? I mean, like, I mean, that's, I mean, just being conscious of like those those things that I always say, you know, you never clock out. But what would be your advice to anyone out there that's like, like in the process or thinking about opening a bar or restaurant? I get everything in writing. Get out of your own head. Take your ego out of it. Ooh, big one. Yeah. What's that? Get out of take, your own head. Take your ego out of it. Oh, take your ego out. That we'll talk about that with with the next spot. But like that's <laughs> you know, I mean, you have to. If, if I, if I were to, if if I were one of those people that were like, oh, I can't stand Yelp, blah blah blah, which I've said, I've said it a million times, but I will look at you know I can cr- 
I can look at a review and sit there and figure out what I can take out of that, what I can change in that. There was a review last week. You know, the ham, you know, the, the, the bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich was great. The potatoes were slightly oversalted, and there was nothing to break the plate up. I, you know, like maybe a fruit cup or something. I was like, well, we, we put watermelon slices on the fried chicken biscuit. There. There it is. We're now, there's, now there's watermelon slices on the bacon, egg, and cheese. Huh. It breaks the plate up. And it's just something as simple as that. Like, you might not say it to a manager huh. on site at the time, but if you can, you know, you can't, you can't get angry at a one-star review. You can't get angry at a three-star review. All you can do is sit there and take and learn from it, unless they're just not telling the whole story. Then you can sit there and get angry at a one-star review, which I did a couple weeks ago. I saw uh, that. Did you get yeah. that resolved? We I did. We I got, don't have to talk about it if you don't uh, want to. No, well, I'll, I'll be the first person to say it. I got every single one of the reviews down except for one. And the only reason I care that review is still up is because that person, after my public response, that person uh, told the entire story on their review, which was my major problem was the fact that they only they only pointed out one specific instance of, of the of of a lineage of, of events that happened that only took ten minutes. Right. But they only they only pointed out one portion of the story, and my public response made them go back and and change it. But that, you know, that's they can go read the reviews if they want to and figure out on their own. But yeah, yeah, I don't touch that stuff. Not yeah, like. I mean, the so that that said, it's like the yeah, you, know, you you never remember the glowing reviews. You always remember the shitty ones. But you know, that's you don't learn from like all the good stuff. You no. learn from the bad stuff. You no, know? I learned from people coming in and be like, we stopped drinking three months ago, but we love it here. Sure. You know, I wish you would expand your, you know, non-alcoholic drink selection or, or your, and I'm not going to say the word. I'll but, say it. Mocktail. Oh, yeah. Gosh. No, I hate that word. A fojito. <laughs> A fojito. <laughs> no, um, the no groni. The no groni. <laughs> so <laughs> the, but okay. So then, you know, you've had these two other bars before. Do you feel like this one's more of a bar or a restaurant? Oh, this one's more of a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, this, and I will say this is like, this is, you know, Chef Taggart and Mark Drew. Like, Mark Drew has brought in an amazing wine list on this one because, you know, we've looked at the, at, at the, uh, at the neighborhood and as well. Whiskey is, is lacking, even though we were just hanging out with, uh, with the gentleman that owns Travelers. Um, you know, he has a whiskey bar. He's mm-hmm. a little bit further down. Travel bar. Like, yeah. travel yeah. bar. And like I'm slowly expanding our whiskey list, but we, we are purposely like I, as my places get larger, my whiskey list and my bottles are decreasing. Um, is Voltaire even larger than than? No, 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 no. Gold. No, no okay. it is not larger. But but my bottles in Voltaire are a fifth. Yeah, I, I've, I've purposely we have Mark Drew and I for this one had purposely withdrawn the bottles and slur, and started with a much sl- smaller selection. Yeah, you um, build so the we, selection based on what people come in and ask for, exactly. based on how the space decides that it is. Yeah, and, and oddly enough, the selection is calling for more whiskey. So every time I put in an order, we're bringing in one, two, three more whiskeys. Exactly. But our thing is that we're, we're ordering in a way to where we're ordering once a month, not once a week. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't want uh, I don't I don't want to stay at that that level. You're ordering every week, and you're just you have to stay on top of it. I was like. We can, we can get away with ordering once a month because we're bringing in the volume. We're getting the case discounts sure. and doing that. Um, you have storage for it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's my problem. I can't. I don't have storage. Yeah. That's now, another issue in New York. I could get case breaks if I could order more, but I have nowhere to put them. Well, so then, you, what, are, what are you, 240 square feet? Yeah. Do we, do we talk those numbers? We'll talk about that in, in the next. We get, okay. We're moving into that. Right. Uh, so Voltaire, <laughs> uh, similar. That's what I'm doing at, at uh, um, you know, Windmill. My, my partner, Pierre, he's getting a little anxious. But I, I said, look, I'm going to stock the bar with what supports the menu. Yeah. Because we have to have that. It's on the menu. 
Keep it we lean. will slowly build things that are outside the periphery of the menu based on what people come in and ask for. Exactly. And, that, and that's what we're doing with Voltaire. He's getting, a little, he's getting a little anxious because this, uh, this is his first bar ownership. He's yeah. worked at bars, but he owns a restaurant. And they only serve beer and wine there. You know, and I'm like, look, man, it's weird that he's up, uh, kind of up my butt about it when mm-hmm. at the same time, currently, the part that he's handling, which is beer and wine, we literally have two beers, one cider, and a red and a white wine. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, you can't get up me. Like, I understand you're going to build your list, too. Watch me build mine right next to you. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Relax. Um, yeah, hey, you don't you have brought, to have everything. You brought beers, open. didn't you? I did. I don't know what you guys did with them. Oh, are they in the cooler? Yeah, let's grab some beers. I didn't um, just bring beers. Okay. I brought you? tall boys. You, yeah, they're, they're not beers. It's like, it's not a motorcycle, baby. It's a chopper. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I listen to your show. All the time, as, as yeah, we talk joke about around. That. So you were listening to the show while you're uh, well, while you're cruising around in your in your car from well, here to. The I south. also have an event company, uh, RPM Hospitality Group. Um, RPM tying back into your music days. Yes. Well, no, it's those, those are my initials. Oh, oh uh, yeah. I didn't also, even think my of initials: that. Robert Paul Morton. Um, Damn, dude. And uh, so I, last guess, year I was working with uh, uh, last year I was working with Critical Mass after I left the day to day at Fool's Gold. And, you know, I was down in Kentucky four times. I was down in North Carolina a lot, helping my parents move to Oak Island uh, from their, their 30-year home. And so, yeah, you guys were pretty much the standard coming out of the car radio. We were, we were riding along with you. You were riding along with me. So when I would get back to New York, I'd be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Crap, it's been three weeks since I've seen you. I should not act like you know, <laughs> I just saw you yesterday because I just listened to eight hours of your show. Right, right, right. You get that weird sense of like oh, you're just, hanging out. I want to start asking you questions about things I listened about yesterday and start talking about like, you know, I wanted to talk publishing with you because I was like, who wrote the song? I was like, it's pretty probably his, his song. And then finally, like, I, I had a laundry list of questions I was going to ask about the show, about past episodes. And ask guys, away. Well, you guys yeah. finally covered all of them, like through listening to <laughs> you know, yeah. even new episodes, you listened to all of them. But I did come to a realization uh, the other day, and I joke about it earlier. I was like, I'm sure in your life, everyone's talked about your baritone voice. Whereas, like, I don't know what I, you're talking about. I don't. I have no clue. But actually, <laughs> I, I actually kind of compare you to more of a baritone sax because you have the baritone, but you also have like that warmness of a, a reed instrument going on mm. as well. well so I'm, just giving very, you a, I'm just giving you a, a weird compliment. On very, I know you're already married, that's bro. That's romantic. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty romantic. That's bromantic. Uh, yes, bromantic. All right. Uh, so you know, it's it's all from so this you point. Know, I'm just rambling. you know the we, we talked about before the show. It's like I used to smoke. Four and a half packs of Lucky Strike Non Filters a day. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, Thank, that's how you get this voice. Yeah, yeah. well, I, mean, you, I did the same. Thing. Not for nothing, Rob. Your voice didn't sound pretty good in these cans right now. Um, <laughs> so, so you're driving back and forth a bunch. You're listening to the show. Uh, you're down there helping your parents move and all that junk. But also, you were working a deal. I was, and, um, and you worked a deal. What's the I deal? Have, the deal is, and I chased this space for eight months, eight and a half months. Um, my parents. You know, getting up in age, health's not fully there. I know I'm going to be spending more time down there. And uh, Oak Island, North Carolina is where they moved to, where they retired to. And I uh, had a real estate agent take me out one day, and he's trying to sell me on all these restaurants. I'm like, don't want it. This thing, the, this thing has eight hibachi grills already built in. I don't know what the hell am I going to do with that. It's not, where, it's not location. I don't want anything like that. And he shows me this HVAC supply house, 6,300 square feet. He's like, well, this is on the market. And I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah. Never, never walked inside of it. He's like, don't you want to walk inside? I'm like, I'll do it tomorrow when they're open. I'm like, get the deal done. So well, eight and a half months later, 
I finally inked the deal two weeks ago when I'm down there. So the build out will start probably next month and a half. 6,300 square feet. Yeah, 6,300 square How many Amorimargos is that? That is, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you actually because we've done the math. Oh, um, Jesus. That is, now if you don't stack them, if you do not <laughs> stack the Amorimargos, uh, it is 26.25 Amorimargos. 26 and a quarter but if, you, but if you stack them, if you stack them to my 20, 20 feet ceilings, uh, 65.625. <laughs> <laughs> 65.625. And more than a half yeah. of my bar can and fit inside of what you're going to build out as a bar. Exactly. And, and on Oak and Island. I had to redo the math because <laughs> I, I was giving you two feet at 242 instead of 240. <laughs> so I was going off of memory. So, yeah, you probably so, lost at least one bar. Yeah. So we kind of talked about, like, we've talked about it in the past on the show, but, like, like the idea of, like, and, like, also, like, the, the Voltaire space has been a restaurant before. So you had some plumbing done. You went in, you did re- renovations. This obviously is a, a, like kind of a raw space. Yeah. You're going to be building out everything. So going from taking over a space. And you're going to be renovating. doing it from, from a distance. You're not moving down there right away. Well, I'm very fortunate to have a, a core group of people that a lot of them actually came up from North Carolina to work on Voltaire. The whole thing is I knew this was happening. So they came up to work on this. While we discuss Voltaire down in down south, so Roger. I have a GC who's also licensed HVAC, who's licensed steelwork, who's licensed woodwork, who's licensed you know electrical, who's licensed plumbing. Wow! So he's licensed for the entire state. Jeez! So like he comes in it's one man show. One it's man a one man. man show, but like he has, you know, John who's his uh, wood guy. You know, Tim. So like then there's Mike Benson who helped us with Voltaire, who's been a friend of mine for twenty plus years. He's already coming up with the interior design and what it's mm-hmm. going to look like. I'm, you know, I'm the one spacing out where I want the kitchen, where I want the bar, where I want that. Cause I, you know, like North Carolina is a different animal than North than New York. One, one instance of, of it being a different animal and something that would ruin a more Margo and make it almost impossible down there. Is that from the space behind the bar from your, from your, whatever you touch on that back wall to wherever you touch on that front bar, be it mechanical, be it anything. You have to have three feet of clearance. Yes, required. I, that's required. An actual foot, like, that is that's zoning, an actual zoning law. You have to have three feet required. You would lose another two feet. I'd l- yeah, I'd lose I don't, most of my bar. Why? Yeah. Why is that? The, the, the that, funny thing about is that ADA or it, it's 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 not ADA because it's behind the bar. It's right. more uh, health department. Health department is very involved in con- in the uh, construction down there. That's crazy. Yeah. It's the funny thing is like when one of the first times I went to Amoria Margo, uh, when they. <laughs> have their glass racks they can actually put the glass rack on one end of the glass rack normal size on glass the back rack. of the bar one's on the back of the bar and one's on the front bar yeah and yeah, that's how you it, restock your glassware it, yeah it spans a, a, a typical restaurant dishwasher glass rack spans from the my back bar to my front bar yeah. that enough, bar would not enough be that approved. i can enough that i can sit it there while i unload it yeah that bar would not be approved in north carolina no, yeah, that's there's no, no way. way. Is that common for a lot of states, or is that like yeah. kind of? I don't know. I've never opened a bar in another state. Yeah, who knows? But, <laughs> so I, but that's nuts. But doesn't matter. You've got plenty of room. Yes. And what are you going to build in this space? Uh, so what's, this what's is going to be what's the what's the concept, this, and what are you going to put in there? Park concept. a fucking airplane in there, man. Well, my parents are going to park their boat in there until I start construction. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's two. It's two seventeen by seventeen uh, garage door base because it was an old HVAC supply house. So the. Uh, it's two blocks off the ocean. It's 
smack dab in the middle of the island Which, when on I, the main when thoroughfare. I, if, whenever I'm building like, my HVAC supply place, I'm thinking, you know, I need to have ocean adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> well, I mean, so, so it's that that said, I, it, just thinking about it, it's like since we've been so used to living in small spaces and, you know, in, in New York, like you said, you lived in L.A. before. Do you not just like, are you not like, like a, like a, like a excited puppy dog, like panting and freaking out? Oh, I'm out? a kid at Christmas when I finally signed this lease. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more, I am, well, I'm not going to say more excited. All, all my bars are, were my babies and I thoroughly enjoyed opening every single one of them. But this one, I'm like, I, I it, are you just like coming up with crazy shit? Like, oh, you're like, yeah. I'm going to have a volleyball court. The, and me, like, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about the, uh, we'll talk about the, uh, the I say skeleton, it's all cartilage, but the uh, the shark skeleton that's going to be going above the big ass fan oh, in the geez. main space. Oh yeah, oh, the, you, like the actual like trademark no, no, big the, ass fan. Oh yeah, no, we're doing trademark big nice. ass fan because we have the space for it, and it also <laughs> just one of those actually works. Yeah, they're amazing. They're amazing. So doing that, uh, Mike Benson's always you know he's already gone out and found you know the, the little wooden skeleton of chickens and stuff that you put together. He found one of a shark, and he's literally going to. Put it in a cat program and just and, and do it to scale, and create this like hundred foot aluminum shark that's just a put together skeleton. Yeah, like the ideas we have for this space are, are amazing. You're just because going ham so with this, Cause, yeah, because it's so big and because we can do anything we want. There's, it's it's our space. It's 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 a blank canvas. Yeah. So, so, like so it's, and the, what, but, but what's the concept? What are you going to be concept? Okay. Concept is is I guess you're going to build big, a like, fucking with, circus in there. But what's with, the, what are you selling me? But, SLA, well, ABC in North Carolina also allows for off-premise with on-premise. So, Fuck uh, you. So that, that side, that left-hand <laughs> just... side, that left side uh, garage door uh, is going to become drive probably... Through. Tell me you're doing a drive-thru. not doing a drive-thru. <laughs> not doing a drive-thru. It is going to become about a 300 to 400 square foot uh, walk-in cooler focusing on cans because bottles aren't allowed on the beach. Uh, canned wine, canned That's beer. That's brilliant. Um, yeah. Doing, uh, I mean, I'm sure I will have bottles, but like... Focusing on North Carolina breweries, you know, hopefully having a can, you know, a mobile canning unit uh, to where like the North Carolina breweries that don't have cans, I can just go and can their kegs and package them in the store. Uh, We're doing, you know, seven to eight frozen drink machines. Stay with that one for a second. Okay. You're going to have your own canning machine. That's the plan. So you can go to a local brewery that doesn't do cans. Yes. Grab a keg, can their beer for them. Yes. And sell it on your site. I want to sell it on my site. There's so like Ironheart, they what? do that, yeah. and they, they they that's the whole business. And you, they have you, a mobile canning and unit. And you label it and everything? Mm-hmm. So they'll get label, yeah. their name will be on the label. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Well, I'll probably do generic labels saying Paul's of Oak Island, but with the with the can, the can that's in there, or the beer that's in the can. Uh, but like, well, I'm also, you know, like, and this Ooh, is all. Who the hell says no to that? that that'll boom their yeah. business. Uh, totally. Yeah, that's the plan. That's And it's, it's you know, there's already, you know, canned growler stations that are popping up around here. Treadwell, just up the street from me, where Ann. You know, the uh, yeah. the first female sister I'm like she's doing can growling stations there I plan on having a can growling station at the bar any beer that, you, that I have on tap I'll probably do like 15 to 20 taps anything I have on tap can it right there 12, 16, 32 ounces take it to the beach what? Yeah. yeah so walk out with it um, something that and, you know there's other ideas there's, there's one idea I can't talk about yet but it's going to change the way people go to beach there and it, let's just say there's an app being developed for it, and I'll what? announce that. I'll announce Man, that next cryptic. year. Jeez. It, oh, it's way cryptic, but so, it's dude, the, when you hear it, you're going to be like, "Yes." You're like, "We're going to be like, I should have done that first. Okay, I'll talk about that one off here. Okay. 
<laughs> we'll just tweet it out later. Yeah, yeah. Stand yeah. by, listener. Thanks, 45. But the thing is, um, do you think that you would have... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like having the handicap of like space limitations in New York and like... You kind of like... You, you do so much with like the limited amount of space and resources that you have in this city. So it's like when you when you get to have a, a big space like that, then it's like you've been training with weights on, right? And then like you take the weights off and then you just blast off, right? Well, let, me, let me see when I get down there and I have to deal with other people on, on island time. <laughs> right. That's, oh my yeah. gosh, that's a different that's, thing. That's that going to be. A that's a thing. Whereas here, we have to deal with you know, like just the sheer number of people trying to get the same thing done. We're getting, you know, that we're trying to do mm-hmm. down there. It's like ah, I'll get to you on Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Yeah, probably um, next, oh, next week. week. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I will say, I put in for the uh, change of use permit, and the uh, fire marshal on the island called me the next morning because he didn't want to be the one that held anything up. So mm-hmm. I was able to talk to him. Wow. Have him email over a bunch of stuff. He's like, the moment you're ready, just let me know. I'm not going to be the reason you get held up. I'm like, that is brilliant. Thank you. Southern hospitality. Yeah. yeah. Right, because, you, so. like you said, they're not, everybody's not trying to get the same thing done all at the same time. Exactly. So there's no like competition for the time of this guy. No. He's like, yeah, hey, just let me know. I'm yeah, ready. he's like, I, I have these office hours, so I got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's the way I feel about my job, too. Yeah. I'm starting to get that way. Got all this so. whiskey. Got to do something with it. Yeah. We're not open yet. Sell it or Guess drink I'll it. Have to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> Sell it or drink it. Rob, what uh, what social media? Uh, how can we get in touch with you about all the different various bars? Uh, if you want me, uh, or Rob at rpmhospitalitygroup.com. Rob uh, at rpmhospitalitygroup.com. Yeah, yeah my uh, uh, Instagram name is just uh, code n y c o d e, which is my old DJ name. But it's code n y one. Just the number one, because somebody had already had some code NY. Um, <laughs> Sons of bitches. My Facebook is code NY, but Paul's OKI, Paul's OK with an S and OKI separated, is Facebook. Paul's OKI is Instagram. Uh, Voltaire BKNY is Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. So, hey well, man, I, I gotta ask you a question. Um, you know, you've you keep going with these these bars, and you've got Paul's coming up. Now, Voltaire's awesome. I, I've been there a few times now. I haven't been yet. Sorry. Well, you don't come it's to okay. my neighborhood I'm very often. I'm just busy, man. I'm very busy right yeah, now. You also I'm don't a... really leave Manhattan that much. I do. Except so. to come he here. He doesn't leave <laughs> his bed. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> um, he, uh, yeah, I mean, like you should come down. Like, well, we, you're you're overdue for uh, a bar crawl in my neighborhood. I am. That's a one hundred percent. Clover fact. Club, Leanda. Yes. We'll go over to Voltaire. It's been a while Grand since Army. I've been to any of those. We'll do all that stuff. Long Island Bar, all of it. But La Boudoir. La Boudoir. Uh, go see Frankie Marshall. Why not? Yeah. Um, the question I'm going to ask is, you know, people say that, like, especially people like Julie Reiner, who owns, like, she's your neighbor. She's yeah. our neighbor, who owns Clover Club and Landa and Flatiron Lounge. She's like, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, she's like, I don't have any tattoos, but uh, it's kind of like, Getting a tattoo, it's like as soon as you open your first one, you just keep going. I mean... Oh, it's addictive. It's addictive, right? Yeah. So, like, do you see... I, mean, I know that the Paul's project is going to be... I mean, you just opened Voltaire. Yeah. And Paul's is going to be opening. That's going to be a big project. Do you have, like, a cap that you set for yourself? Or, like, do you just want to keep going and keep opening spots? I 
Honestly, I don't know. It's yeah. really like, you know, Voltaire's doing well. It's, it's, it's coming in of its own just six weeks out or six weeks in, which is brilliant. If that continues and Paul's is successful, then I'll, I'll probably look to open more. But not in, until Paul's is open, I can't. That, that project's just so, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. So I, if, if somebody approached me about another spot right now, I'd have, I'd have to say no, obviously. Yeah. But talk to me in March of next year after yeah. Paul's is open, and I'm sure I'm going to have the itch to, go, to open up another one. Yeah. Wow. I can't imagine getting such a giant place open that quickly. And I like the March. fact that you're expanding that, like outside of just like one city too. I, yeah. I'm, I'm working that's on my the plan. Same thing. That's right. We're both We're planning both doing that. that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I, you know, you I know, love New more, York. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Oh, same. I love New York, but I've also been here. I've either been here or LA since '95. Yeah. And like my wife's looking to move. Like the whole plan is, you know, we live down in Battery Park City, but I'm like, we'll probably put that apartment up on the market end of this year, beginning of next. Mm-hmm. I want a grill. I want a yard. I want a pool. Wow! I just yeah, no shit. aspirations, yeah. man. So I'm like, you know, she's. I want to park my limits. motorcycle in my own garage. Exactly. Not rent one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah, put limitations on the train ride she'll she'll take to come into the city for work. You know, and I'll I'll I put a limitation on the of the amount I'll drive north of the city. To, you know, to uh, tack on to that ride from Oak Island up to to the house. Right. And so we're yeah we're, we'll probably sell. End of this year, but you can make that drive pretty quickly in a little Porsche 914. I, that's not me, though. <laughs> that's not me. That's not my style. Dude, Come on, every time you see me, I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. I don't need to be. Like, I don't. I didn't have the midlife crisis. Why of, don't you have that 914? Or no, you have an MG. What do you got? I, my first. No, my first car was your first car. It was an MG. MG. Okay, sorry. Yeah, my one of my second cars <laughs> was a 914. I thought we talked about that. No, no, no. no. My, no my first car was a. Uh, well, I still own it. Still have it. That's what I'm talking it's about. It's in Oak Island right now. Zip up and down in that yeah. thing. That, no way that would make it. <laughs> no way you'd find that thing outside of dc on the beltway <laughs> well rob morton it's been great to have you on the show talking about all your various projects i'm really excited to go visit voltaire with damon uh we'll have some lunch and do some drinking there in the daytime maybe because you're open for lunch right uh we are not right now but uh, oh, we're open for brunch, brunch on saturday brunch. and sunday but that neighborhood is kind of dictating we start opening up earlier during the day just because of foot traffic, foot traffic and stuff. Hey, man, if the money's there, you want to capture it. Exactly. Also, I will say And also, you, you want to serve the community. Yeah, I will say before, uh, there's so many things. Like this, this conversation sort of gone, could have gone in so many different directions from like your, all three of our, our look on hospitality, oh, man. flow of restaurant, health and wellness. Yeah, we'll talk everything. about all that next like, time. Yeah, yeah. We'll do we'll do a we'll do oh, a mini sode. I would love to. We've been talking about no. It. The thing is, like you you're on today. It's not a, a one and done situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, can always come back. you come back. We want you to come back. Well, you come in. back when you get to, when you get Paul's open. There Actually, you go. we want to do a show from Paul's. Yeah, I'm totally. You know what? You, you we come, want to do a show from the beach near Paul's. What you do is <laughs> yeah, yeah, with some cans of beer, with some canned beers. You make it a two week trip. You hit Jack Rose one Wednesday. You come down to me the next Wednesday. Bing bing. All right. Done. All right, upcoming shows include, but aren't limited to. Uh, next week we got Charlotte Voisy. Yeah, that's she's like a cool. real celebrity. That's a, and it's actually the first time I've been talking with her for years about yeah. coming on the show and finally landed her. She, uh, yeah, she's a very very busy person. So um, following week is going to be Amy Zavato, who we had to do a little switch up with. She's got her book. Uh, Prosecco made me right. do it. I unfortunately will not be here. Oh. I'll be at Camp Runamuck. Don't, unfortunate. Don't, don't give me your unfortunate story that you're going to be at Camp Runamuck. <laughs> Sadly, I'm going to be at the greatest place on earth. Um, yeah. 
The following week uh, is sort of uh, I got I got a bunch of question marks on the following week, so I can't say who's coming that week. Uh, but then we've got uh, uh, Kara Newman with her new book Nightcap, right. and also we're going to do a pre-recorded show that same day that we'll air at another time with uh, Chris Hanna and Nick Dietrich from New Orleans. They're coming up. Uh, they're going to yeah. do a pop-up at my bar, Blue Quarter, and then they're going to... And he's leaving French 75. Hannah is leaving the French 75 after 14 years, yeah. after getting a James Beard Award, after all the accolades. He was just doing it until he got the Beard Award. I guess. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Well, he and Nick opened up Manolito, which is yeah. a, just a charming, darling bar there in New Orleans, and they're opening up a new bar called Jewel, and they're going to come talk to us about that, and they're going to do a pop-up you at my bar. Bijou? N- well, it's not Frenchy. Um, it's, in, it's in New Orleans. Well, it's yeah. kind of French. Um, anyway, that's what's coming up. Uh, that's all I've got, Damon. You got one you want to wrap us up and take us out? Yeah, I just wanted to say thanks again to, like, for the last uh, couple of weekends. Like, I want to say thanks again to all the people in Cleveland uh, for coming out to Porco Lounge and Stefan and, and Marie and just, like, so many good people out there. And thanks again to all the people that came out on uh, Sunday to the Ricky competition and all the good people out in D.C. Again, I, I want to say thank you as well to you, Rob, for bringing a bottle of Overholt to the studio. Yeah. Um, we, we're, the longest we, continuously produced dry whiskey in the world. Yeah, we've got a nice little bar getting going here. We're shaping up a bar. Yeah, and also... Could you uh, imagine I if do- I walked out with the bottle? Hey, it's a trade system. I would bring, never bring do. One. Drop something, take something. Yeah, exactly. It's a free library. It's like the book system. Yeah. yeah. Um, have a penny, take a penny. Have a penny, take a penny. <laughs> Whatever. And uh, uh, I do want to extend the invite to anyone who wants to uh, drop into the studio. I want to thank Max Green and Travis Tober for popping in for a little bit today. That was cool. And uh, yeah, the door's almost always open. Almost always. Listen, if you want more from <laughs> us, you can follow us and ask questions on Instagram at Speakeasy Podcast or on Twitter at Speakeasy Radio. Damon is Damon Bolte, and you can find me at Creative Drunk on all platforms. Uh, if you got time, take a moment to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform. You can give us a star rating, five if possible. Uh, and yeah, if you're visiting, come hang out with us. That's, yeah. Uh, oh, and I did, I forgot to mention, uh, while in D.C., thanks again to Full Service Radio and to the yeah. Shift Drink Podcast, Eddie and Jack, uh, it was such a great time. Thanks to Todd Thrasher, uh, who's running all the bars over there. Mm-hmm. Um, really great time. Right uh, so if you're around there, go check it out. You can go pop in that studio. Um, and, you know, ice them. Yeah. <laughs> it's icing. What, what once was old is new again. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for right. listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Please go to heritageradionetwork.org. Press the beating heart to donate. Uh, keep shows just like ours on air. Thanks again, guys. Cheers. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join our community by becoming a member. 
Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.